1: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's that awful haircut for, a keyboard.
2: flagship podcast, the first one on YouTube, youtube.com slash 20-Minute Tims. We are videoing this for the first time ever. I am, of course, joined by my podcast pals, Stephen. What's happening? And Melly. Good day. And we have picked a scorcher (laughs) to sit in the studio. First thing, the, the, the conditions outside are absolutely mental. I was in London this weekend for a little break. I got back today. Flooding pissing rain and pouring and everyone that i told about that was sending me pictures of glasgow saying look how sunny it is here so one that ruined my that ruined my london trip secondly i'm driving home in a taxi and i'm driving through the Thames past the thames and i go underneath a bridge and i swear i don't know if i told you this or i swear i can hear a group of guys singing fuck your 10 in a row and i'm thinking no chance (laughs) and i'm thinking absolutely no chance i can hear this and I stop at the traffic and we're stuck under this bridge and it's just reverberating. So I just went on Twitter, put Rangers fans London, and yeah, there was something called the Thames sash bash <laughs> happening. I think Rangers were
3: playing QPR.
2: I was like, my god, I can't escape these rodents anywhere, man. No,
3: no, I'm afraid not. Sadly, that's sadly that is life now for us after the season we've just had. We've let this, we've ushered this back into reality. We've wished it into existence. But you're right, is I could not be shinier sitting here in this Fantastic mm. purpose-built studio that with that people can now, view. Can yeah, people can now view. Unfortunately, they can also see me and my shiny head. You got a lot of compliments. <laughs> we did, we,
2: put a, we we did a dress rehearsal and there was some uh, there was some images from the dress rehearsal going about the diff, get discord chat and got to say, Stephen, a lot of positive feedback. You, you, people people were very fond of the way you look. But anyway, that's enough <laughs> of that. The reason we have this studio that you spoke about there, Stephen. Yeah it's thanks to the people on Patreon patreon.com slash 20 minute tims if you've been listening to us for a wee while you'll you'll know all about the Patreon it's a website that allows people who enjoy the podcast to support and contribute to the podcast and that in turn allows us to invest in everything you see here studios and your laptops and new microphones and earphones and everything that helps us go as well as that in return you get additional content it's all there patreon.com slash 20 minute at the moment we're selling season tickets of our own so you can log on to patreon.com and get a vastly reduced rate for paying up front for the season you can get everything we do pre and post match and videos and all of that all the details are available patreon.com slash 20 minute now that was a a somewhat improved pitch (laughs)
3: Well a somewhat improved pitch from last week. I did say I would work on it. It was like a a ball rolling downhill. that's what it was It mm. just it started and you it was gathering pace as you went along. Nothing was stopping that pitch there no. yeah so we got through it. we got through it. Whether all the details are in there remains to be seen uh, but you you delivered it. The truth is if you if you didn't like that pitch.
2: Consider that when people say that we are out to sell ideas from the club <laughs> to to Celtic
3: fans, if you go, yeah. Don Mackay just... comes to us to S- deliver his message. I... That's exactly. He sees these pitches and thinks that guy can. That guy. I'm a comms guy. I'm a comms expert, <laughs> and those guys can be my my voice, my my mouthpieces in the media. Can't even sell my own Patreon. Never
2: mind <laughs> any ideas to the Celtic fans. Well, look, Don Mackay, you mentioned them. Um, it's his job to sell Celtic players and buy Celtic players. And well, there's certainly some selling been going on this week. Not so much buying.
3: Well, it's all speculation and no substance at the moment, isn't it? And there are there are key players, there are big players leaving mm. or about to leave, as as we're led to believe. There, there's some either on the verge, depending on who you believe, depending on, no the the source, either about to leave or as good as gone. But one key player from the last few seasons has definitely gone mm. and we are left with... And we'll get into it. We'll get into the defence. We'll get yeah. into the, the what we've been seeing this week. But the the main defender that was left, Christopher Ayer, has left. Yeah,
2: he's gone. Yeah. And, and, and that, was the, that was Ange's... You know, we played West Ham melee in a pre-season friendly. We get absolutely murdered. And <laughs> we, we did. We get absolutely murdered. Even Armstrong local Flats came back to haunt us, <laughs> which is something I never thought I'd say, ever. Um, and Ange pointed to... The defence
4: Yeah it's been terrible And it's been coming for so long We've joked about it Time and time again But here we are And that's all it took It took another couple of mistakes From a defender during the week And we're again If that was the bare bones, I don't know where we are now because we're we're pitched in there with a 21-year-old and an 18-year-old. An 18-year-old who made his competitive debut for Celtic in a Champions League qualifier and he's going to be playing on Wednesday night again alongside Greg Taylor and Anthony Ralston. Now, if you look at that defence of Ralston, Murray, Welsh, Taylor, you could probably get away with one of them Mm. in a back four. Two of them, not quite. Three, no chance. Four. Jesus Christ, and we are going into the biggest match Potentially we'll have this season Because if we get through this, it guarantees us Europa League football And this is the full back four And this has been coming Mm. We sold two right backs in January We knew Christopher has been going the whole time Yet we sit here, nearly the end of July The season starts this weekend Champions League qualifiers are upon us And
2: this is our defence See the problem is, Stephen, the West Ham game was like a dry run for this defence So it, (laughs) it gave us something... To look at It goes oh, yeah. right Well this is going to be the That, that is going to be the lineup, Yeah well, More or less For the game Against Metaland. And that was That that defence You're
3: just looking at You're looking at it in disbelief uh-huh. You're thinking These guys are going to get slaughtered it's the, I know that Both some people, in West Ham And in Europe <laughs> But uh, some people are keen to say That it's just a friendly And I understand that But the problem Is not that it's a friendly It's the timing of it Because we are slap bang In the middle of Competitive Crucial fixtures mm. For Celtic mm. It's not like it's A lot of teams are still in very early on in their their preparation for the season. I think the Premier League is just still a month away or three weeks away or something like that. So we're in the middle of competitive fixtures. So I don't think we really get the right to say that this West Ham game was completely meaningless. It it forms a significant part of the preparation for this game that's coming this week. It's a major part of that because it's players playing for their place. It's players working on fitness. To me, it didn't look like players were just like, oh, who cares about this? It's only a friendly... Not only that as well. See, if you strip all that away, you never want to have the big, you know, glamour friendly that that's the we've got this season. That is the West Ham game. You never want to have the big homecoming for the the Celtic fans and ships. You know, nah. you want know, to lose six two, so I don't really buy that it's completely meaningless and we, you know, no. everyone can walk away happy that <laughs> we just we just got a run out. So I, mm. I I was certainly watching that game thinking there are things that can be taken from that. You don't place ultimate importance in it. But it's not meaningless either. Absolutely no that, chance. That
2: I'm not have it. I, w- I would never have any meaning, meaningless chat for that game, no. Melly. No. Especially not when it was a, effectively a dry run for Melly away.
4: No, and judging by some of the, the goals that West Ham scored, the Celtic defence were on a slip and slide. There was no dry run in there. There was a couple of hot dogs thrown in there. <laughs> what, what, what are you doing? But the, the thing is, see, if we had taken the West Ham game out or we just had a complete, played a completely changed team and not seen any of the first team players... I would be going into this second leg of this Michelin game quite confident yeah. because mm. from the Mitchell we'll obviously get into it more, but from Michelin, the Michelin game, the two centre-halves played really well. For Greg Taylor and Anthony Ralston played well for Greg Taylor and Anthony Ralston. I'm not saying they played really well, but mm. for those two what we're used to, they played well and the only concern I would have is Barkas. But now going into the game after that West Ham game, West Ham are better than Michelin. But I'm just like, that's going to possibly drain a confidence from a defence that was already not very confident in their goalkeeper. And now it might spill into the defence, so that might spill into the midfield and all that. So if the game hadn't taken place or we hadn't seen those players, I'd probably be okay. But after that game, it was just so easy. It was a couple of passes and teams
3: were in on us. So you think maybe that game, Stephen, might have done more harm than good? Uh, yeah, you, you never want to take a 6-2 drilling at home. No. Just just never. And 6-2 well, is harsh because 4-2 when the players went off. Ah, yeah, so fair enough. I, I did say last week or, or a couple of weeks ago on various Patreon episodes that we have that once the subs start getting made yeah. in these games, the arse falls out of it and it no longer becomes the contest it once was. So you, no, you're absolutely right about that. You, but you never want to lose. to, get, to even I mean, West Ham are a decent team. There's no getting away from that. They finished just behind the European champions last Mm. season, they weren't far off them. Where I think the positive, slight positive can come in, it's dampened somewhat by the fact that I said the timers are unfortunate here, we're right in the middle of competitive games, but I don't necessarily think it's the worst thing in the world for players like this, for developing players, to take a bit of a pasting on occasion, right? It's a bit of a lesson for these guys. Yeah, exactly. The, The now annual... Reality check that we get It's just not that it's in Europe or whatever But I was watching some of these players And I couldn't help but think There's levels to this shit mm. And it's like Even watching a guy like Mikel Antonio's a cracking player But he's like a kind of run-of-the-mill English striker He's no, yeah. no Diddy Drogba He's no Sergio Aguero Or anything like that But we managed to make him Kind of look like that He gets about 8-10 eight, eight to 10 goals a season There was one moment where Edward Shot himself out of a header An easy <coughs> header It just looked as if he'd Kind of closed his eyes And withdrew his head into his neck and then right up the other end, Antonio just makes a complete mockery of the defence and rolls it in. And I thought, oh, this is a bit of a lesson now. But it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. It's just unfortunate it comes right before a key game, and we don't really want confidence taking a massive. Also, hit. the issue is it's so obvious what's wrong with Celtic. The new yeah. all mm. the all the
2: issues that we had in Land came again against West Ham. Will come again against Land midweek. This defence is. It's just no. It's nowhere near good enough. No. It's nowhere near good enough. And it's shown up in Europe in, in, in the Meadowland game, which I, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed that game. I didn't really enjoy the West Ham game so much. But another player we need to talk about is is Barkas. Look, we've tried our best with Barkas. We have tried our best with Barkas. Okay, last year he came. Couldn't settle for whatever reason. And then that's absolutely fine. You say, okay, but we're giving the benefit of the doubt, just like Neil Lennon gave him the benefit of the, of the doubt a couple of times. And he's sort of fallen away. Uh, do we need to maybe just wake up to the fact that maybe Barkas just isn't a, a good goalie now? I mean that that whatever he was trying to do in the, the Mightyland game, come out and punch across, it was a decent delivery, but he, we've always said that he's never made a save, right? <laughs> he, he's never had anything to do, he's never made a save. In these last two games, he's had opportunities to make saves. Yeah. And he's not made them. He's not made one good save, I don't think, that springs to mind. And you think, right, okay, there's a there's a player in there. We maybe just need to write off that the recruitment team that found us Shane Duffy also found us Vassilis Barkis, yeah. Yeah. also found us Albionieti. We maybe just need to stop. We need to look at the evidence, the body of evidence here that's presented in front of us and say, Do you know what? Maybe he's a dud.
4: It's looking like it now. I've, I've tried. I gave him the clean slate like everybody else at the start of the season, but the Michelin game, it's not even, it's a good shot, a decent shot, but it's not one you think, ah, he's outdone the keeper there. He goes to punch it or whatever he does and moves mm. his arms away and then he, I was at the game and it was right behind, I was had a great view of it and he turns around and looks as if the goal's moved <laughs> that's the only yeah. thing that doesn't move, you can move players, you can move your position, the goal doesn't move so it was as if to me he was looking around and he, he got his bearings wrong again mm. it was a—it goes in off the post but even the one, the West Ham ones, were, the, the second West Ham goal He's, his positioning is a criminal For any goalkeeper He's near enough on his far post And the guy just puts it in his he's near post And it just looks like a guy Completely bereft of confidence again And in the friendlies up to The games we had this week He didn't really have anything to do So you're still in that doubt like, I don't know if he's good or not mm. The evidence from then is He's not very good And He's twenty-seven years old. He's not a young guy. It's not as if he's been thrown in there. He's he's been there. He's been in big competitions, but it just looks like this move's not right for him, and it's never going to turn out because there's too many
2: doubters now. We just we just assumed Stephen that we paid five million pounds for a goalkeeper. He was from a decent level at Cathens. We scouted him. The scouting reports came back positive, but you know we just have to admit sometimes it doesn't work out for players at clubs, no yeah. matter how good yeah. they are. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We've mm-hmm. benefited benefited from it in the past. Absolutely. Famously, like, with the likes of Chris Sutton and all that, who'd maybe maybe the the fact we just need to move Barkas on now and some other club can benefit from, from Celtic's it's another mistake another position we need to fill, that and but on top of need them, if, know. even if we sell them, we'd, we'd need to fill that position. You Thank cannot
3: you. embark on this season with Vasilis Barkas and goal. so on You can't, can't Embarkas on this season with Barky <laughs> and go. I think we've been more than fair with Barkas. You're right. I think we've tried our very best. We've tried to look for the positives, even though there aren't any. When Mel and I did a re- reaction to the Michelin game immediately after it, I said that I- I'm now running out of reasons. I'm now running out of things to say that aren't just he's a crap keeper because yeah. I don't want to get there. I'm looking for things. I'm continually giving the benefit of the doubt when there isn't really any there it could be the best keeper in the world for all I know but I haven't seen a shred of evidence that to is the case Yeah, we're gaslighting ourselves here <laughs> yeah. about bar gas. I don't think there's anything wrong with that to an extent there's a border that comes where you eventually end up deluded about players and you end up a daft happy clapper about every Celtic player Aye. you don't want to get to that point but I don't think some of them when it comes <laughs> to that particular guy that we're <laughs> going to get to but I don't think there's anything wrong with being positive about Celtic signings until you can no longer be positive I'm not going to apologise for that It's just it just leaves us looking silly, and that's you know that's a bit the the, the result. But I'm just feeling like to give Barkas the benefit of the doubt, we now have
2: to give the recruitment team and the board the benefit of the doubt. Nice. Because the, pr-
4: the problem is now that up until then there's maybe been one or two contentious ones. Where some people say that's a keeper's mistake, some people say no, like the Goldson one. It was a header from the six yard box. So yeah. Maybe could have done better. but mm-hmm. No sure about that. In the past two games, there's ones you can clearly pin on him. Go,
2: they're definitely his fault. He doesn't. I've never seen him come for a cross and clear house. I've never seen yeah. him.
3: And we need things like that. You know, well, seeing the Mitchellin game, when I where I was sitting, the fans are being very, very encouraging, very positive around them. Because any time he came out and claimed a very, very routine cross, I'm, ta- I'm talking about picking up anything. People were cheering them, people were clapping them, and then. Five minutes later, he goes and does that with the goal and it just goes through him as if he's not there. Melo makes a good point about how he doesn't seem to know what his goal is. And uh, and regular listeners will know that I'm fond of like a fives analogy here, Mm but that's honestly, I can relate to it so much because when I get forced to go in goals, I'm terrible at it, so you let them in, but so I, I, I just, I just I kind of throw it in, but but that's that's what I do. I don't know how to be a goalkeeper, so when it's your turn, you just if somebody's converging on you, somebody's got burned down on you. Come out! I don't know what I, what to do when I get here, mm. but then somebody knocks in. You're like, oh, I kind of forgot where my posts were there, and it's you've suddenly left like a mile of space in behind you. And the, we've all seen the images of his positioning for that that Antonio goal. That's crazy. Yeah. And that, that doesn't come into the oh it's just a friendly. well what the purpose of these friendlies is to prepare yourself for it's an M- for it's games. MOT. Yeah, exactly. It's so an MOT for your side. If yeah. you're doing that in in a friendly in front of the crowd again, I I don't why labour this point, but it's been a long time for a lot of people. I was mm. lucky enough to, to win the, the ballot, win the ballot, <laughs> as if I've achieved something there, but I was lucky enough to win a ticket in the ballot. Um, Thanks, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I had I'd been, I wasn't at the West Ham, but there was a return for thousands and thousands of people who hadn't been there for well over a year and they came back in. So you don't get to say, ah, you know, just let that one in, it was fine. But no, it, it's concerning now because as we've spoken about a number of times now, we nothing else there and... If it's yet another absolutely pivotal position we need to fill, then I'm worried about that because we can all talk about how many right backs we need. We need one, I and mean, then we maybe need a backup, or we need somebody who can provide competition. But we're now looking at the, the battle of needing three goalkeepers on the on the well, eve the, of our season, and this is it. Like, are you going to play Scott Bain like, on Wednesday yeah, he? uh, He's worse. I know.
2: I, so, I, he's what? We've got two goalkeepers that don't make. And I know I am reluctant. To give Neil Lennon any sort of leeway or free passes from last season, but Neil Lennon couldn't decide between the three of them, and it was looking like Ange canny either, because he doesn't know he doesn't know who's first why, choice.
3: He- why would you? What are they giving you? It's like yeah. how, how can you pick between three third choice keepers? Is, you would just, it's just impossible.
2: You would play the guy who's got the lowest appearance money, <laughs> and just try and save some cash. Pocket the rest. I uh, just po- so- <laughs> absolutely. You would just pocket the rest. I mean. It, we're balancing too much on a, a side that are not good enough that team that took to the field against West Ham and I made the point last week for Midland for West Ham and for Midland next week I mean the majority of those guys are not Andrew's first choice and the ones who are it's David Turnbull and Callum McGregor everyone else might not even if, apart from David Turnbull and Callum McGregor all of the players am I right in thinking mainly, that started against Midland and West Ham could feasibly be replaced and not be playing here well, in a couple of ones. Yeah.
4: Abida as well. He he's come in. So, but Christy, Edward, I'd still ideally want someday instead of sorrow and all the back five. Yeah. yeah. So
2: it's it's literally an insane position. We've got ourselves in. Let's briefly keep on the West Ham game and let's talk about some positives. Though, as you say, fans were back. I didn't. I didn't get pulled in the ballot. Unfortunately, Melly, you got pulled. You were there, but Tom, you or melee the match melee the match yes. is back which is our post-match podcast I mean, anytime we actually get to the games we'll be doing a, a melee the match you go you sample the atmosphere you get a bit of crowd noise it feel, makes you feel like you're at the game what was it like going back to Celtic Park for those who obviously didn't win the ballot or not been yet to Celtic Park is it complicated you have to wear a mask how was no, no. the atmosphere was it do, ruined
3: but wink wink you, you do have to wear a mask they right. announced that several times during the game during the Meteor game outside they wanted to wear a mask outside and I did no. I wore my mask at the. No, oh, they that do. That, did they outside genuinely yes okay. you have no. to in your seat you have to wear your mask oh, Even I thought if, you meant outside the stadium so. no 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 <laughs> they're going to chase you down London Road and make sure you're wearing <laughs> a mask but you need to wear it in the stadium and I definitely did but um, I've it's you're going, to get a bit, you're going to get a tan. You're going to get, a t- <laughs> especially in the sun. <laughs> yeah. It's strange being been back at the game because of the, the low crowd. The, it doesn't take many fans to generate a bit of an atmosphere, oh, but yeah. but it has more the feel of like a like one of these kind of legends games or something like that uh, has right. more the kind of noise level of that that said it's still an impressive level of noise for being uh, no, Look, less than a tenth full You, both you, of like, you were at the Mittyland game yeah yeah, yeah, yeah
4: yeah, I was, that was great being back you went in and it just, I did that that guy thing where you take a wee video going up the, I didn't have a kid or with me but I just mm-hmm. felt like first time back I should just sample it and just standing there, the, you'll never walk alone, reading the, the teams outlets getting get some noise for the boys, and as I said on the, mail the match, I lucky I had specs on, my sunglasses on, because was, it was emotional going mm-hmm. back there, and as soon as the you'll never walk alone went on, and then the teams came out the huddle, you're like, it's back, a bit of normality's back, Celtic are back, and a new, a new sort of era for everybody, Andrew's first game there, there's a couple of new players, and it's not last season, you're sitting watching it in front of a TV yeah. yourself or on a laptop and you're just like, oh, this is dreadful. We don't know what's going to happen this year, but every week it felt like we knew what was going to happen. But it was just great to be back. You were lucky enough to get in there and it, look, the game, the performance was good, but it could have been a wee bit better if it wasn't for a couple of players making mistakes. But it's
2: players we knew would make mistakes going into yeah. this, so... I mean, this is the thing. There's no, there's almost no surprises with this season already, and I, I'm really, I feel really bad for Ange because I feel, I know he's come in with his eyes open. He's, he's had a few grumbles, and he certainly won't be happy with what's going on. But that's the first game at Parkhead, a Champions League qualifier, and we can barely string a team together, and we're not even going to go over it all again. The, the inclusion of Near on at centre half was a meme. Yeah, before the game, <laughs> it was a meme, and who else? To sell the jerseys effectively uh, in the game against Midland, but near Beaton again.
4: It, I watched the game back, and I was sort of trying to analyze it as poorly as I can. And watching, i, I watched Beaton specifically because I want to see what he done. And he played left centre half, and even before that he gets sent off he went off injured and he was off the field for 8 minutes Mm. and he only made it to what 44 minutes or whatever he was sent off so he had 30 odd minutes in the park (laughs) Celtic are wanting to play out from the back he's playing left centre half he's a midfielder apparently playing at centre half so he's meant to be good on the ball he gave the ball away 5 or 6 times Mm. I counted Mm. simple passes he was giving away fouls. He obviously, the foul that he gives away on the halfway line is criminal because it's the exact same thing he got done for Ibrox uh, at New Year where he got sent off for that because yeah. it was a goal-scoring opportunity. And he does it again. He took a smash to the face. And I can only think that has affected his performance in some way because the decisions he was making, the passes he was making. And when he gets down to it, we can blame Beton, but I want to have a look at the, the full the defence and it was more more apparent in the West Ham game. But when Celtic play, we're playing with these inverted fullbacks, so they come inside to build up the play. And that's fine. But the way I've seen the both these games, more so in the West Ham game, they're a better team. But as soon as a team wins the ball back office or we're in transition One or two passes down our flanks Mm. and you're in on top of our centre-halves. I spoke to you about it when we were watching, I think it was a Sheffield Wednesday game or one of the first friendlies. There's a lot of space down our flanks and I think four or five of West Ham's goal came from out wide Mm -hmm. positions or playing it in. As soon as you're in one-on-one with our centre-halves, they're not the best centre-halves one-on-one either. They're not the paces. Stephen Welsh seen against Antonio when he was car- uh, towing that caravan. <laughs> but the one when you beaton when he when he gives away, when he gets sent off, sorry. Yeah. The ball goes in and it goes up the pitch. It comes back and near Beaton doesn't when he's challenging the halfway line. That's his first mistake. The ball goes out wide and it's played out wide. Beaton looks at the linesman. Yes, as I was, if I was it's hoping going
2: to, you picked up on that.
4: And he's lax. And then he starts to sprint in and the guy manages to make it back. The guy goes down and then he gets up. And the guy's not. The guy doesn't say a word to him. I watched it. He doesn't say a word to him. Beaton's shouting in his face. The guy he dived sort of, though. Uh, he did dive. Yeah. And the guy sort of goes in and then goes away and Beaton goes back at him and just points him in the face. He's not even arguing with Beaton, Dreher. It's unforgivable. And then he has the cheek to go back to the, the ref and the linesman as if it's a pure
2: massive mistake.
4: He's already on a booking.
2: The, the thing that got me was, I was watching the game in the Basin um, and the thing that got, oh, I know, I got, I got I got my jab at the Central Mosque and just sauntered my way up and uh, <laughs> watched the game in the Basin. And, um, the thing that got me was the linesman thing he's but the guy's past him yeah. and instead of and you're thinking you're, a diff, you're a diff, instinctively chase the guy down let the linesman worry about if he's offside but the guy runs by on, and the guys take two or three steps and he looks at the linesman as if to say is, is he offside mate why are you waiting yeah. for the linesman to me and from that point on it's all error correction for near yeah. bitton shit he's getting away from me shit I've fouled him but it wasn't a foul it's in the box he's pissed me off Near Beton's angry because of the whole th- situation got away from him and he ends up getting himself sent off. It was just, is very reminiscent of the the red card at the Rangers game. But at the same
3: time, I'm watching this going, (laughs) what do we expect was going to happen here? Aye, I don't think it's any coincidence that a number of the players, and there's another one that's going to have to come up, and unfortunately, another one was involved against West Ham, but we'll keep that aside for now. I don't think it's a coincidence that a number of the players we listed last season as we don't want to be here, continuing to let us down and it's not a witch hunt we don't single out guys like Beton and Rogic and Griffiths right we don't single them out because it's a personal thing it's just that Celtic are stale and these guys represent everything that has gone wrong in the last few. See seasons. the Celtic team that played Midland midweek. That'll be the worst Celtic team I've seen probably in twenty years. Aye, nah, it's. I mean, it's probably going to be the least experienced, <laughs> least prepared. But is meant to be. I don't. I also, don't think it's a coincidence that despite the fact that he's been at Celtic for about eight years, no one ever talks about him as being like a guy, a go-to guy. No one talks about him it's as if... ever been f- a
4: first team player.
3: Exactly. So it, no one ever talks about the experience. The the guy who knows what who mm. knows what it takes, and he's been there, done that he doesn't seem to carry any of that around of him. He's just, he's just a guy. He's just there. And he just plays. He's a journeyman. Aye, he just plays he's when a nobody else gentleman. is. I've heard all the arguments about how, he, how he's, a, you know, he's a, a good ball playing centre half and all that. But th- the trouble is the second it turns to pressure on Celtic, and it always does, mm. regardless of competition, regardless of opposition... Whether you're playing Metiland or whether you're playing Barcelona or whether you're playing Partick Thistle, there will be one moment in a game where they get the upper hand and have an attack. That second is when it all goes to pieces. What, I will, say about,
2: what I will say about Near Bitton, right, and I'm, I'm sort of contradicting that the higher opinion that we've made on this podcast many times, right? I don't care how many games Near Bitton plays at centre half. He's a midfielder. You can you he just doesn't have any centre half instincts at all. He can he win headers, can he really tackle? Takes his eye off it, he's got no centre half instincts whatsoever. No, and it's
4: again like Stephen said, he, sh- he shouldn't be there because at some point you have to play these guys. We, we stuck him there the first time because he was tall,
2: yeah, that's the only reason they ended up at centre half the first time.
4: And it's the same thing with Rogic and Griffiths, like these guys, sometimes unintentionally, Rogic's body can't handle it. Beat on, he'll let you down with things like this. And Griffiths, we all know what he does, but if you keep these guys around because oh, they're good backup or whatever, or squad players. That means they're going to have to play at some point if you get injuries. Whereas taking away the West Ham game, Dane Murray comes on for near beaton, barely put a foot wrong. Would mm. you not rather see that than see a guy at 28 years old let you down? Because Dane Murray can learn from it mm. and might be a good player for Celtic. Is Near Beaton going to be there? Because if he finishes his contract, he'll be due a testimonial. Are you going to turn up to that?
2: No. No, nobody's turning up to Near No, No offence, Near, but nobody's turning up to a near biton testimonial. the best positives to take for the the Milan game i yep. thought there was some really good performances abida burst onto the scene i th- i was reluctant when we signed him just the money we paid for him for, for a start three and a half million young guy come from israel i had to look at the club he paid for they share a stadium. I think their average home attendance is something like bloody 2,000 or 3,000. Mm-hmm. It's a really small club that we've signed them from. do Dude, hand. we were all making fun of it last week. Encouraging performance from him. Encouraging performance from Brian Christie, a player that looks to be out, out on the way out of the club. Rather, Melly, any more positives?
4: Yeah, I thought uh, middle to front it was really good. And look, I spoke about the weaknesses in the formation, but we also seen the strengths like Abada and Christie terrorised them down the flanks. Yeah. We, they could keep the wingers high and wide and it presses their defenders back, and it was great. I thought Turnbull in that number 10 position... Even Welsh was actually okay, that game. I think, I think everybody played well, yeah. apart from Barkas and Beaton, but just from middle to front, I thought it was really good, and look, we're going to get goals this season, but unfortunately I think we're going to concede unless we make big changes, but... Middle to front, Abada. I didn't know if he was going to start. There was some talk last week. UEFA didn't have him listed on the, our squad list, so we weren't sure if he was going to play. do they have half an hour coming into this game? Mm. Ryan Christie had 45 minutes in a friendly odds and Edward, roughly the same, and they, the three of them came in and looked good. Abada and Christie in particular. Christie, the performance he put in with such little game time in him was incredible. We had to change, obviously, going down to 10 mm, men, yeah. but Abadah... I think he looks great. The crosses he put in, two crosses in for Christie, where he hit the post and he had the header over. And then when he tumbled plays the ball out wide to Christie, good shot, thankfully. And Abba does there, he tap at home, right foot, left foot didn't matter to him. He was great, direct, quick, penetrative, a bit like myself. And then <laughs> gets the goal as well. And it was great to open back up at Parkhead.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so glad he mispronounced it, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh,
3: no, uh, Christie is looking, unfortunately it might turn out to be, he's looking like a, an absolutely key player. He's looking uh. like a perfect player for Ange's system. Now, whether we get, whether it's like one of those like Dembele and Edouard things where mm. we get three weeks of it and you think, oh, how, what could have been? And then Christie plays really, really well for two or three games and then he's gone because... In fairness, it has sort of died down a little bit about Christie. There hasn't mm. been an awful lot of speculation. It mm. seems to have been driven up midway through last season. Maybe his dad speaking out of school a little bit. He's, he's running his gap. I don't know. I'm, he's very
2: friendly, but like the um, Chris Iyer. I think they're best well, mates, and I think it's very difficult. I, 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 just, I just feel like he's on his way out of the club. He's probably got a different mindset, though. Christie's probably more along the lines of, right, I'm being picked. Uh, I really want to help the club. Get, you know, he's probably doing that thing, you know. <laughs> Uh, that's what I took from it anyway. Maybe. There's no
3: links with anyone, but no. Nah. Nah, it doesn't no, it seems to have died sure. all the way down. So it's I don't know whether he is. He was like with Saudi Arabia <laughs> two weeks ago. Right. But who knows? I mean, it, they could be just playing to get himself in the shop window. And if he mm. if he is, who cares? Because he's able to get good performances out of him. And some if somebody comes in with a decent bid, then he's gone. That's he what we expected. His. I
2: think he owes us. I, I do think he probably owes us another good season. I mean, he broke into the team under Brendan Rodgers. Had a couple of, last season. I, I feel like players like Ryan, more so Ryan Christie than Odson Edward, Edward's like definitely off us, or Stephen McGowan reporting right. that Brighton are going to come in with a £20 million bid for him. I kind of feel like Christie isn't really, I feel like he's kind of Celtic's level and I feel like if he stayed here next yeah. season and put in a right good move, a right good performance for us, he'd probably get a move but off the back of last season, didn't really do much at the Euros. I don't really know what sort of move he's going to get himself.
3: Strangely, he's still only got six months left in his contract, so we could be playing him up till Christmas. Thing, yeah, he he just leaves. I know, that, that's, a, uh, that's a bizarre contract situation for Celtic to get themselves into, isn't You can't force him to sign an extension, of course, but it's very unusual for a guy's contract to expire in mid-season. Yeah. I mean, he could basically just leave for next I've heard, just I've now. never heard of that before. No, it's a, it's a very odd one. But for now... In the team, he's performing really well, yep. like extremely mm. well actually. He looks like the, the Christie of old, so it, I, I don't want to, I don't want to hang too much on that particular peg at the moment because he could, he could just go, he could leave in the next couple of weeks. We don't know, but he is playing extremely well. But if he goes. Yet another another position we need to fill, or I mean, the, the guys coming in. There's Furuhashi coming in, Ab- Abada. I think I'm going to go with Abada rather mm. than Abada. I think that that's the way it tripped out of <laughs> my mouth there. But um, Starfield as well, he's st- coming in center half, yeah. There's players coming in, so Julian still to come back. All is not lost, but I mean, to, to be losing guys, I, the thing with Christie is though, I don't think anyone's surprised. I don't think if Christie was to leave tomorrow, it wouldn't be like we wouldn't fall off our chairs in absolute shock. We've been expecting it for a couple of seasons, Do you now.
2: know, everything comes back to you. every discussion.
3: We have got here about these
2: games, about the Champions League, about players. All comes back to poor preparation. Yeah, that's all. It got. And remember, we've been told last season oh, there's no big rebuild. <laughs> and do you know what? See if that was what people thought. If that's what people within the club thought that there's no big rebuild. The job is massive, and you're saying the rumours about Christie have died down. The rumours about us bringing the MDNs died down. Yeah, we're right. linked to The, the occasion we've need. We know we've needed a right back since January. We know, we told Christopher Eyer he could go and did nothing about replacing him up until a couple of weeks ago. It's insane. And it's insane that we're not prioritising these games. And there must, I I imagine there's a reason for it. I suspect there's a reason for it. But at the same time, clubs are chanting at the bit to get our players out the door. We can't get players in the door. And it's, in everything we talk about tonight, it goes back to, I mean, Stephen Welsh, I said he was okay. He was better than okay. I thought he played really well yeah. against Smetland. But, he's still a young player and it's madness to me that we would go into the season with him a, a prospect of playing the majority of the season with Stephen Welsh at centre half there is major work to be I'm not being like Chick and Little complaining that the, the roof's falling in, but I don't think any Celtic fan could watch the games we've watched so far the West Ham game and the Land game and, and look at that team and go we, we need
3: we need surgery, we need reinforcements immediately. Well, it all comes back to what I was saying about Beton there as well. He's supposed to be the senior guy in defence now. Like, he is the guy everyone should be able to turn to and think, well, you've been here for eight years, you must know exactly how to navigate these games. But he's the one who lets you down, whereas I thought Stephen Welsh is the exact opposite. Yeah. I thought he was bordering on heroic against Midland. Got carried away a couple of times with you know, challenges and one for the free kick as well, which I wasn't sure about at the time. It was right in front of me, but I would kind of the, the old specs on I would convince myself oh referee there's nothing wrong with that I was obviously wrong but he got carried away he needs to learn maybe not to go to ground quite so readily but I thought he had a great game in that game I think Murray was very good when he came on as well misplaced a couple of passes but as mean as Mel and I spoke about after the game that's fine right? The, the worst thing that would happen is if a guy comes on misplaces one pass and then that's it his confidence is gone so he just starts putting up the pitch but one thing I, I, maybe we could give Angie and Kennedy and all that uh, the credit for this as well. If he makes a mistake, he's perfectly happy to at least try that again and mm. make make the same mistake again. I know I'm saying the words "make a mistake" quite a lot here for, for some mistake for, more. Yeah, for, for something I'm I'm trying to be positive about. I'm saying the word "mistake" an awful lot, but what I mean is that it's very easy to make a mistake and then just start on up the pitch. Yeah. That's not what we want. We want people to stick to the principles and stick to the game plan. And if people are willing to make that mistake over and over again. You know, obviously a limit. You don't want somebody making 10 mistakes and then yeah. continuing to do it. But I thought it was quite encouraging for Murray that he's, he's willing to make that pass again after after not getting it through the first thing. See,
4: I think that's the problem as well. Celtic were in cruise control. I thought we were playing really well. We got the goal. We seemed to have them on the rack a bit, I felt. Mm. They, they were terrified. They're wide players. And then the stupidity from Beaton, the poor mistake from Barkas. But what I did notice in the game as well is there's a few players just too eager and that's where you're going to get with young players. There was one down just in front of me where it was, Sisto was defending that left back area from a corner or something and he tried to clear it up and Ralston blocked him, blocked him, pressed him, got him into the corner, then just swiped him and took him out and it just relieved mm. all the, the pressure. Sorrell had a couple in midfield where he just, silly fouls and there was another couple as well where it's just over eager players right down to the Stephen Welsh one Yeah, I didn't think it was a foul at the game but the guys going away from goal towards the byline you don't need to go to ground there show them out yeah. and this is the problem we having so many young players flung it into this game in a team where they're not quite sure of Andrew's specific way of playing yet It's not natural to them They're going to make these mistakes And we're going to get silly bookings Silly fouls given away And we punt. We get punished for it With a Welsh one But you expect your keeper to save it as well And it's just these wee things Aren't adding up for Celtic And that's what happens When you're not prepared Fail to prepare Prepare to
2: fail Always the same. I feel uh, I feel sorry for Ange leading. I do feel sorry for Ange Postacoglu leading his team into these games. We've given him a hell of a job. It's like the beginning of save it, Private Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel watching Celtic just now. It's just, you know what's going to happen. You can see it. Players like Anthony Rouse, we give Anthony Rouse a hard time on this podcast. You know what? He gives us all. Yeah. Last season, how many times did we sit and say, did it look like the players left absolutely everything on the pitch? And we often came back for games. game saying, nah, didn't he? You watch Anthony Ralston, he's a limited footballer, but he leaves everything on the yeah. pitch.
3: Yeah, I think he did a couple of decent things against Michelin as well. I know that seems like very faint praise, but yeah. on occasion he did get to the byline and cut it back or win a corner or something. And that's fine. That's about all, I mean, that's about the best you can expect from the current fullbacks we've got. We just don't have anyone suitable for the position at the moment at all, whether it's in backup. And I'm not buying us balling goalie stuff either about how he's just, just waiting in the wings to come and take his place back. The thing, see, see with Bolingoli is, I think the COVID thing that him um, going on that flight to Spain because mm. he was super horny and, and ruining the season. I think that what is clue. Yeah? <laughs> aye. Aye. aye, boys will be boys, eh? But it's like. I think that has clouded the memory for a lot of mm. people the fact is he'd lost his position long before oh, that yeah. he was he was of the team for about six months before that happened and Greg Taylor was the first choice well, stretching well back mm. into that season so I don't think it's just a case of bowling goalie was great and then he made a massive mistake that derailed the start of last mm. season and that's why he's been kept on the sidelines that's not how the, the narrative of bowling goalie Celtic career has gone at all it misses out the big bit where he just wasn't picked for months let's talk let's
2: play a little game here right let's play a game where I just want you to say I or no I'm going to ask you first choice I or no right uh, so come the close of the transfer window I want you to be Ange here though I want you to be Ange poster <laughs> the Coglu, right? the character here. how's, your, her? oh, what's, how's what's your Australian accent what's, what's more motivation for this um, scene what is I don't know are, are any <laughs> a famous Australian there's a lot of famous Australian actors but there's a, not a lot of famous Australian movies there's that movie called Australia with Hugh Jackman <laughs> in yeah, it and yeah, Nicole is. Kidman? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But that's about as far as my, you know, cultural knowledge of Australia goes. Um, okay, Vassilis Barkas, first yeah. choice or no? Nope. No. No. Okay. Arr, nar. That's um, <laughs> that's an Australian saying. No, no. Yeah. Right. Um, Anthony Ralston, first choice. No. Nope. Yep. There we go. Stephen Welsh, first choice and a half. Nope. Stephen. Uh, well, it's yes or I mean, no, Stephen. Uh, it's yes or no. It's mm-hmm. yes or no, Stephen.
3: First choice meaning Answers no You mad Do I want a better player that, that it's, again, it's it's a very
2: You're overthinking it Stephen Welsh <laughs> is not First choice centre half for, for Celtic next season he, No uh, probably uh, not No Near bit on No, no Categorical no right. there. Greg Taylor here's, here's one where there's a bit of like Discussion about it Because you're saying you know Greg Taylor could we go out and sign a better left back Well we've obviously been trying We're not really linked with any left backs We've got Bowling Goalie Greg Taylor is first choice just now Was first choice last season Do you think Melly though Andrew would want him first choice No Oh, Stephen No, no Do you think he's, he's not... likely to be first choice next?
3: No, okay. I mean Greg Taylor's a hard worker He's a mm. he's a decent functional footballer But he's not fit for purpose in the the systems That Celtic and Ange Postacoglu in specific want to play Is Polo shot? No, I think this is last,
4: season. This got
3: last got it in, season
4: got it in sale in the Celtic shop.
2: Oh, did you? Uh, David Turnbull, no brainer uh, You know, absolutely yeah. Ismela Soro First choice, aye or no? no I think it's a position we can improve upon I think it's a position he'll want to improve upon
4: I just feel there's always he does a lot of good things and then he's still he's still quite rash in things and I just feel I'm just waiting for a a big mistake from him and Mm. I don't know why but I just get the feeling that some games he looks great some games he he just doesn't and I'm, I'm no I'm still on the fence with him but for that position I'd want somebody with a bit more physicality in yeah. there and it's not his fault he doesn't have that we
2: don't need to talk about Callum McGregor; that one's obvious Odson Edward I think that's an easy one he's not going to be here Ryan no. Christie we've already mentioned and that leaves Leila Abada
4: yeah, he's been great so far really yeah. dangerous crosses I can't complain so we're
2: we talking about three players here so what have we learned we'll from have, that game we've learned <laughs> from that game that come the start of the season we're probably looking at the three guys that we charged with playing the most important games of the season, will be left in the squad and everyone else could easily be replaced.
4: Well, we've got Julian and staff out, so that's two mm. centre-halves, isn't it? And if worse comes to worst, you can have Stephen Welsh in there
2: until Julian gets back. I'm just really disappointed in the way things have gone. We've got, you know, I know that everyone's like, with oh, the new CEO, he's, he's Don McKay, he's, he's only been in the job for, what, a, a month now, or, yeah, on the transition period. But it kind of goes beyond him. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. it goes way beyond him, yeah. and because nothing happened before he came in, and nothing happened. But and when he came in the first day, everyone, even casual Celtic observers, would know Celtic's transfer priorities. Yeah. And I just think that's an easy win for him. First day, this is what we need. Make sure, but make sure my manager has got his centre half for the game kicking off. The make, problem
4: is, but he he could he could want this. He could want I want centre half right back. But then when he goes to ask whoever's going to do it. Nicky Hammond left, the head scout left. So you're working with guys who we still need to employ. <laughs> so, bad, man. so we're still advertising oh for these God. jobs. We only advertised for these jobs a number of weeks ago instead of months ago when everybody knew it was happening. On Gumtree. <laughs> Gum, Gumtree joined
3: Celtic. <laughs> the league actually starts next weekend. Oh, I can't yeah. believe it. I can't believe this has crept up <laughs> because I think you, in some ways you sort of comfort yourself with thinking, Right, we've got a couple of competitive games, but you know these get earlier and earlier every season, and then all of a sudden the league season sneaks up on you. I can't believe, but on the eve of it already. See, saying that, see,
4: uh, watching the Mitchell Game, mm. there's a clear style, there's a clear, clear philosophy. We know how mm. Ange going to play it, and you like it. I liked it. I thought it was good. I think it will work. But then again, you see, we've not got the players, but then you've got Julian, you've got Starfelt, get Furuhashi coming in. Mm. If we go through against Mitchelland, we've got a tough game after that, haven't we? But we've got some of the building blocks there. We just maybe need two or three players and then you could go oh, maybe we could get through with them till January. But that's all falling into place and a lot of luck needed where All of
2: this all of what you're saying, hinges on us getting past Mitchelland. Yeah, if, we go if, it
4: way, again, if it goes the other if it goes the other
3: way, it's we need eight players now. Yeah. I yeah. think without a doubt. I know. It's um I think there are positives. Or there are huge positives to be taken, but it's all very well buying into a philosophy and a style of play at the moment, and then I think we've we'll not quite get the team for it because that hamstringing the manager because yeah, that could cause untold damage. Like, the longer that goes without having the correct players to play a certain way, then you know we could be out of a you know, competition. I don't. Again, I didn't expect to be in the Champions League this season, so I'm not hanging my hat on it mm. by any means. But it's just it's it just feeds back into the, the lack of or lack of readiness for the start of the season. I feel I, I feel unready for it because it, it seems all to right. have up and me, never mind the club. Two or three,
4: if we had got a right back and a, a centre-half in weeks ago, I think we'd have squished that game. Hmm. You wouldn't have had yeah. Beaton playing, playing. That's had... my
2: point. It wouldn't have taken much. No. Just the centre-half and the right back.
4: Yeah, because Greg Taylor done all right and I think he will. He's probably the least priority out, the goalkeeper, right back, centre-half for me. So if you, you, you play that, then you can go, right, fine. Right back, centre-half. You take out, Beaton and are at Ralston and Celtic would have scooshed that game. I think because Mitchell and
2: weren't as good as I thought they no, were going no, to be. But I was you're going away really from
4: home now and you, you need to win the game. There's no
2: away goals, but we're going to need to score goals without conceding. And Ange is still learning about his team as well. Stephen, Ange could be looking at guys like Soro that Melly mentioned and Barkas and going, well, you know what? I, I was kind of on two minds when I first yeah. joined. First couple of weeks of training, I was in two minds about these guys. But now I'm like, I, I, can't, I can't. You
3: can't even make me rely on this this goalkeeper. You can't. You know, I need a more experienced player to pivot my midfield. Every day he seems more and more surprised at having to deal with what he's what he's working with at the moment. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it doesn't really give too much away, but at the same time it doesn't hide much either. So Every time can, he opens his
2: mouth, um, I'm mode button. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I'm so absolutely. I'm so you know it's like you you bring up a good thing. that's probably worth mentioning that we've been moaning here for the best part of forty minutes. <laughs> I'm so impressed, Vange Poster Goblin.
3: Yeah, I I think he gets most things right. Um, I think it's again a subject we keep putting off but Griffiths will probably need to talk about tonight I think he got something I know can't wait but I think he was slightly wrong in what he said about that I think he said that you know we we may as well talk about it just now but Mm. he said that the fans will buy into Lee Griffiths will kind of get behind them if he starts scoring goals I did he say uh, that? Yeah, I, oh, don't, I didn't see that comment. No. I
2: did see the comment where he says, "I'm not going to tell the Celtic fans that yeah, he have been yeah. supporting Celtic longer than me." Hundred
3: percent, totally buy into that. But what he said was, you know, all it will take is for him to start scoring goals. I think it's beyond that now, yeah. Lee Griffiths. Yeah. If I'm totally honest, I think look, we we don't want to come on and talk about things like this. To be honest, on, on the podcast, it, it is tedious and it's tawdry. To be perfectly honest, talking about Lee <laughs> Griffiths for the bit the fourth season in a row being oh, no. unprepared to start a season, but w- there's no getting away from it. What happened at the West Ham game is. Is a major thing now because we've now got Celtic fans at the game. This isn't just Twitter nonsense. This yeah. isn't just people falling out over Twitter because it's all just noise on there. This is people actually at the ground falling out at each other and shouting at each other and like and coming it, nearly coming to blows from some reports and all that. So it's it's, it's something that needs addressed now. I think it's just it's reached the absolute nadir. We can't go any lower now with the Lee Griffiths situation and the club are going to have to do something about this now.
2: The the Lee Griffiths thing, right? Was always going to become a circus with yes. Speaking about it The guy's whole Almost whole Celtic career Is some sort of circus And okay You can gloss over that When you score a couple of goals Right yeah. But see when you stop doing that I mean the contribution to your team And in that respect And right But what Lee Griffith's latest thing is He's just that a creepy old guy (laughs) in some girl's Instagrams and I'm not getting into the rights and wrongs yet and I'm not going to debate the point and all all this sort of stuff we know I I know what Lee Griffiths did and I know how I feel about it and Celtic fans know how they feel about it the majority of it if you find yourself defending Lee Griffiths and and don't think he did anything wrong then maybe you need to educate yourself a wee bit on that because he did do something wrong but the fallout from that is yet another circus yep that should be avoided. And, and Andrew saying, well, if he comes back and scores, he scores. Every time there's a headline about Lee Griffiths now, it is followed by the phrase, as the striker is given an opportunity to resurrect his Celtic career. <laughs> uh,
3: I know, it's a laugh or cry. It's unbelievable. What I'm going I'm to say on this is that I can't be bothered getting drawn into the legal ins and outs of what he is alleged to have done, Right, I can't be bothered with it because, quite frankly, I find the whole thing exhausting now. Nice. It's, it's just uh, it's so tedious and tiresome. But my, I'm going to remain consistent. With what I've said about the guy for two seasons now, or whatever is, he's not worth this. No, he's, he's not no. worth this level of contention. He's not level that, that worth this level of discord between the the fans. That can't happen because of a 31 year old clapped out SPFL mm. striker. And I'm not. Like, the guy was a cracking player for Celtic. But that's year old clapped to a <laughs> But But it's but it's long seasons gone now. Ago? Yeah, but it's it's long gone with Griffiths now, and his contribution now is not worth this. This, he's not Neymar he's not no. one of these guys where you need to put up with his like appalling behaviour behind the scenes and all that I just I can't I can't, I can't get on board with that at all and it's like People are being told they're disgraceful for booing them and all that, but look, if I'm not going to get involved in that either, I wasn't at the West Ham game, so I wouldn't, I didn't, it's horrible, yeah. I didn't boo, him, I didn't applaud him. I can't understand applauding them for I what a single understand. second. Yeah, but, yeah, that's
2: that's the thing that yeah. I don't, I'm not going to criticize other Celtic fans generally. I don't criticize other Celtic fans for having an opinion, right? You all. everyone's got their own opinions. Christ, we've got enough opinions, <laughs> I've got we barely the three of us agree, yeah. but the, the applauding Lee Griffith's I mean. I I, I, I don't understand that See being at the game The the boos were clear From when His name
4: was read out To when he was coming On the pitch And then every touch Got booed Mm -hmm. But then The more he got booed The more clapping came So I'm not saying the people that were clapping... So you think bo- it was
2: more in a response to yeah, the booze? That, right around, that's the yeah. way I took it
4: because...
2: Okay. Well, that's a, can, that's a point I could probably get involved with.
4: Because uh, I, I recorded it for Melly at the match. When he, when he comes on, you can clearly hear it. And mm. then the longer it goes on, it's getting louder. So, But I get that as well because I was there. I didn't clap him or I didn't boo him. I was just waiting to see what happened. But... I don't like booing players that play for Celtic, but at the same time, I'm not going to clap Lee Griffiths. Yeah. I don't want Lee Griffiths at my club, so I'm stuck in this position where I don't know what to do, whereas some people say you don't boo a Celtic player, and maybe they were clapping for that. A some people... money, you can boo a
2: Celtic player if like. That's, yeah, that's fine,
4: but Celtic of. Put fans in this position where yep. a lot of them don't know what to. I don't know what to do. There's people that want to defend Celtic players. That's fine. There's people that don't want to boo players, so they'll clap. There's people that want to boo a guy because he's not there. That's fine. These are all valid opinions. But the We've end of the remember, day, you put this guy in this position where the fans have to make decisions. There's been no apology. There's
2: no, been nothing. There's no. been no message for the club. No explanation. Going really, just... They're going to review the social media. They're going to. They're going to send Lee Griffiths. You know, tra- it's, it, there's been nothing. I know it sounds so tedious and boring. We're going to send him for Reggie, but there's been nothing. It was just like a oh, shut up. He's a Celtic player now, and some Celtic yeah. fans are rightly unhappy with what happened. But o- overall, you know, not minimising that incident itself, but adding that to the the, the laundry list, oh, the yeah. charge sheet. My point exactly. Right. My sheet, point exactly. Yeah. Add just add that to the list yeah. for last season. To a season. all, just you're just like, what are we doing with this guy? And 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 you 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 had the nail on the head, team. He's no returning it on the
3: pitch. No, it's and it it goes back to what I was saying. It's like it almost it's almost taken over the main story for me. And I'm not talking about the more mm. serious story. I'm talking about the main story as with Lee Griffiths as a footballer is that oh, last season he didn't return. It was quite literally unfit for a whole season. That's what should have been at the end of yeah. it. and We wouldn't be in this position. But see, before we move on, a final thing on the boon from me. I'm not going to pontificate. I'm, and much like the Goggle, I'm not going to tell Celtic fans what to do at all. But. You're not a disgrace if you boo a guy. No. But if you if, if you think there is a genuine... I'd boo e- you. <laughs> <piece>. <laughs> There's people booing this right now <laughs> to their laptops. But it's, um, but, can't wait for all the comments. We're going to get to constant boos. But, it's, but if you think there is a genuine, egregious, moral case to be answered here... Why wouldn't you boo? Be? Because yeah. or oh, because he's wearing the right shirt. Why, Did it, why would I argue it for not putting the shirt on? Why would that supersede your support for your football team? I think I think that's crazy. I think those two things are totally mm. separate. If you think it, this is a genuinely like ca- case that has to be answered and you want to express that, then you know do do what you need to do. I'm I'm certainly not going to pontificate, but I just I don't like this. I, we can't afford this. We can't no. afford this level. of... Why would know. we burden an ange
2: with a circus? Yeah, yeah. He, mu- I, I don't care what Anne says publicly. He must have heard reports about Lee Griffiths last year. Must see what Lee Griffiths is in training. Must deal with this and just think, why are you, why are you giving me this headache to deal with? Yeah. Why am I, de- why am I dealing with this headache? So, so that's that's the Lee Griffiths thing. We've spoken about it. We didn't want to, but we've spoken about it. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about a player who's left the club with a positive legacy. Christopher Ayers went to Brentford thirteen and a half million a big chunk of change, a big chunk, rumours that it was rising to 18 million, whatever the case may be, apparently Start IK, I think was the name of the club we yeah. got them from, they had a 10% sell-on clause, that would represent, just that sell-on clause to that club is their highest ever transfer fee wow, received. Yeah. The the previous one before that was the 500-odd grand we gave them for Christopher Iyer the first time. So they've done really well. You're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. Eh? They've done really well out of that. Celtic's done really well out of it. Christopher Iyer's done really well out of it. That's the model Isn't it Well That's the model But you
4: replace the guy In (laughs) plenty of time And this is it Every single time We've got this model Except There's massive parts missing Where you Mm. bring in a replacement Now you can
0: Well I I do think
2: that's difficult I think there's I don't know if there's a club in the world We've spoken to this before That manages to have like The next guy Immediately ready to go not, to time that run Would be too difficult I, I That's
4: fine And if if you say wait, The guy should have been here Six months ago Well that's six months Of a guy not playing well. Christopher yes. Iyer does So I don't agree with that part But there should have been A replacement The 1st of Jan- July or mm. when, As soon as we can get Players in Because we're going into these games without Christopher Ryan Look, I think Christopher Iron has been a great player for Celtic. I think it won't be until he's gone and we maybe see what he does down in Brentford that <laughs> um, you maybe realise yeah. we don't know what we've got till it's gone. Because apart from Virgil Van Dijk, he's the best centre half we've had in the last
2: ten to fifteen years, he's, in my opinion. He's peaked. It just the, 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 changed your mind, didn't he? Well, he did, but, uh, but he did change my mind. But the the point I'm bringing up on that is. It's been constant improvement from Chris Ayer. It's been constant and he's reached the the height of his powers. If
4: if I may, Stephen, I think his exact words I remember were, I will die on this hill. (laughs) (laughs) And he's not, he's resuscitated himself. He's come back to life. I can't
2: even remember for for old listeners, for new listeners or people that have been listening at some point in the last five years, I think about four or five years ago, I was not convinced about Christopher (laughs) Ayer.
3: Um, three
2: maybe three years. No, it we're tying it. up
3: that particular storyline. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, gone Then yeah, yeah.
2: we can leave that one. And as soon as near Biton leaves and all these other ones, <laughs> we don't need to refer back to old Pater anymore. But um, he, he's he's reached the height of his powers, and you know people are saying, and I've read some opinions that you know he's a good player, but he's not Van Dyke. He's not mm. going to reach the heights of. it. He's only twenty three. Yeah, yeah, he's gone down to Brentford, a great club, by the way, a club that we should be looking at for the transfer oh, business. Don't we say are. that. Yeah, don't yeah. Don't say we are. At, at, at twenty three years old. I think this is a great move for Christopher And I think he will be. Uh, there's no re- there's no reason why Christopher Ayer can't
3: be the next Van Dijk. Well, uh, I don't know if his ceiling is as high. Time will tell. Um, I think he, he is younger than Van Dijk was when he made the move, though, yeah, isn't he? he, is, he? Yeah, I yeah. think he's even younger than Van Dijk was when he came to Celtic or there, thereabouts. But uh, I, I don't know if his ceiling's quite as high. But I know that when Van Dijk went to England... He, w- he wasn't taking the best care of himself. Remember, there was some reports about how he was a wee bit lazy, a wee bit overweight. That was even when he signed for Celtic as well. So Ayer is ahead of him in that regard. Whether he's as talented, I have my doubts, but it yeah. remains to be seen. But it's it's a huge success for Celtic. Now, taking aside what you've just said about the replacement, right, of course, so we'll add that wee caveat into the end. But this is how it, exactly how it's supposed to work. Not only was he bought for you know a pittance, he was signed yeah. for very, very little money as a teenager. He came in, contributed Enormously to the, you know, the the ceiling of history a number of times mm-hmm. for Celtic, and he was moved on for great money. That that's what Yeah, want? that's the the perfect storyline again, apart from the replacement, which is you know, you know Starfield was a now so we'll see how he gets mm-hmm. on. But that's a, that's a huge success. That's that's how it works, and I can't understand people having a go at him for it. You know, he's, he's not. He's not as good as he thinks he is and all that. Best of luck to him. Who He's
4: yeah, one guy, like, again, last season, he couldn't have said, what well, he made mistakes last season, never he did, but he, he couldn't say, he's no trying. Because after what he did. He was just, he was up against it in a poor defence, but he played his partner, obviously. But he was never a guy to shirk away from it. And he was the guy that stepped up to take the final penalty as well and seal the quadruple
3: trebles. Of course. See the see the Brentford thing? Yeah. Um, it is a smart move. It's a very yeah, smart move yeah. for him because a lot of people will just see the name and just think they're just some sort of middling English club and to all intents and purposes on the outside of things they are. But it's it represents a quite smart move because how often have we talked about in the past about how Celtic should pick their loans a bit better for the players yeah. that are going yeah. out, find a find a team that's going to develop them properly and bring them back to Celtic prepared for the next level. That's what players look at now, in my opinion. Now, some people will just want to play for big clubs because they're big clubs, mm. but others will see Brentford as an opportunity to further develop their skills and move on to the next level. And that's what Brentford have got a track record of doing. It's not really a case today, I don't think, of people just going, "Oh, well, Newcastle have got loads of fans, I want to go and sign for them, yeah. because mm. New- Newcastle are going absolutely nowhere. They're, they're a very, very mediocre team with loads of fans and a crap manager. So I don't, th- I don't think it's the same where fans, or players rather, will go for that traditional, quote, big club mm. because I don't think it means as much to players anymore when they can go and sign for a team that suits their st- playing style yeah. and move, hopefully move on to the next level. So I, I get the whole thing all around. I think it's a very smart move for all parties. Brentford uh, have been scouting him since he was at the start.
4: So they really? kept, right. they've kept tabs on him the whole time. And one thing at the start of the this season, or the summer there, they had targets to go for and they wanted a right centre-half. Mm. So Ayer's going to get to play on the right-hand side, something he never got to do at Celtic. So that opens up the whole pitch to him where he's left and he's not left-footed. So all the problems that... All the Chris Fryer's sort of weaknesses, I feel, are maybe concentration and diving in. Mm. These are things you simply cannot do in England. So that's he's got everything else to be the defender. Mm. It's just those things he needs to round off. And I think playing in a league where you have to concentrate, where you have to beat the top of your game, will help him elevate his game. And I agree with you, Stephen.
2: I don't think he'll be as good as Van Dyke, but I think he will be a very good defender.
3: It'll be interesting to see. Now I'll be keeping an eye out to see who gets on.
2: So he's gone. We'll bring Starfield in. He won't be in here in time, obviously, for the Mittyland game. He won't be there to get registered. We know what we're going to Mittyland with. So I suppose a good place to end this podcast is um, how scared are you? Do you see he's, do you see he's going through? Oh. I read, a, I think it was Celtic, Tony McLaughlin, and tweeted just before we sat down to record this podcast, what's his tw- Ant- Celtic like a, Trends, trend, I think. Celtic yeah. Trends, I think he put Celtic's probability at 31.6 to to beat Mittyland. Right. Don't know how that works out. No, um, right. But I believe, um, he's a smarter man than me, yes. Celtic Trends, so I'm taking that fully on board. Numbers bod. Yeah, um, I, right. I think Celtic can get a win, but that defence frightens it. Shit you at me, to be
3: honest. I think that's a but. That's the sentence that basically sums it up for <laughs> for a lot of people. I think. I don't think Mittelend were particularly impressive at Celtic no. Park. Whether it was just a, I know the away goals thing has gone now, but whether it was just a case of they wanted to turn up, contain Celtic a wee bit, get them home, and beat them over there, I don't know. It kind of looked like that to me. Mm. They didn't do a huge amount of attacking apart from Sisto, who was quick and tricky. That was about it. Whether it's a completely different case over there obviously remains to be seen. I think Celtic have got goals in them. I think, I like, now that Christie's back on form, I think with Christie, Turnbull, Edward, maybe Forrest, I don't know how involved he's likely to be. Abada looks like he's, it looks like he could score every time he gets the ball, basically. They've got goals in them, but, oh, but all yeah. but, 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 um, is, is that defence. And the thing is with the defence, it feels, it kind of feels like we're having a go at them and that's no. absolutely not the case. These guys have been absolutely thrown to the wolves by... You know, not only the people above them, the club, but by the more experienced players that are yeah. around them that are supposed to help them out through this game and near beat on. So they're really up against it. It's probably, as we said last week, it's probably the least prepared defence we've ever put out in a Champions League qualifier. So I worry about it, but I won't be blaming them for it. I can see it being anything to but 3-2. I'm just,
2: I'm a bit tired of this now, this every year stuff, Melly. We yeah. don't have to go, we don't have yeah. to cover all ground and there's one thing I want to mention before we do wrap up. But uh, Melly, your thoughts on Meta-land?
4: Um I'm trying to know where you can sort of picture games in your head and see how it's going to go and I can see Celtic scoring, I can see them attacking and playing well, but it could all be for nothing, just one mistake, one lapse in concentration and I wouldn't put it up against the back four because... Hmm. Look, that young guys But for that back four To get through 90 Possibly 120 minutes Without making One or two errors Is going to be a big ask And then you've got That goalkeeper behind him Putting doubt in that as well So Yes, I think Celtic can do it Whether they will I have serious doubts Because we've seen it Time and time again, away days in Europe, when you've got defences like that, you let in goals, and Celtic can't really afford to do that.
2: One thing I forgot to mention, I feel that we should mention, is Christopher gave special thanks to John Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Yes, which I thought yeah. was which I thought was a, a, a very interesting thing. Defensive coach John Kennedy getting thanked. Peter law
3: made him do that, obviously. Obviously,
2: obviously yeah. The, the, the unseen I, hand.
3: I as a midfielder, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, that's I, one a hell of a midfielder. Yeah.
2: Brentford have got on their hands there, boy. <laughs> no, um, I did think that was quite interesting. Sort of. Do you think he did that because he's aware of all the stuff about John Kennedy and he wanted to make special mention of it? Do you, would think you he ever goes, mention? Would
4: you ever say that if somebody else done that? it doesn't make any sense for Chris Fryer to no, go. No, I don't
2: mean it by Chris Fryer, what I mean is the cut he's the he's a he's a player that's leaving. I'm not denying that John Kennedy did help him, yeah, but, yeah. but but I thought, do you think he maybe went public with it because he's aware of all this shit? frankly, that John Kennedy's been dealing with recently? And he might have thought to himself, that guy's dealing with a lot of crap. I'm, I'm going to make sure I thank him. Do you think he's There's aware John of that? Kennedy. Must make sure I thank
4: him. <laughs> 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 I just think he was being genuine, to be honest. I, I've said before, I think the stick Kennedy gets is a bit over the top. I can understand why people maybe don't want him there, but it just seems to be that it's over the top and like even in a group chat I was saying oh, I must be winding his up like, why would he? No he's why, not winding you Why would he come out and talk <laughs> yeah. about John Kennedy? Like yeah. John Kennedy obviously has been there the whole time I was there so maybe he's helped him develop his game maybe there's been there's, he said he specifically mentioned the quadruple treble wouldn't it been been done without John Kennedy so maybe there's Didn't been something Lennon. there's something <laughs> no. in there so I just think it
3: was just a guy genuinely being there's every possibility that John Kennedy's just quite good at his job and yeah. <laughs> no one's willing hey. to give him credit for it apart from people who are actually around him and who mm. would know I, we've, we've been down the road with John Kennedy a number of times I think we all get kind of sick of him last season when he was in charge because nothing really seemed to change and the where we were still in the season, he was covered in the stink of that season. Yeah, yeah. There's no getting away from that. He he played his part, but now that we're on from it, now that we can maybe kind of move on from that season, hopefully, and Ange Postigoglu is in and has is perfectly happy to work with him. I, I'm you know, just I think we just need to let it go. See this idea that he's been forced to take on John Kennedy. I don't get it. See, and another thing on the Ange Poster I know we're wrapping up, but mm. is his backroom staff? How likely do you think it is that? A manager and assistant manager aside, do you get coaches and fitness coaches and nutritionists and all that kind of stuff? Do you get them to move from Japan? Because they're not, yeah. bear in mind, they're just jobs like, at the end of the day. They're not like, oh, I we would need have. I, to be honest but I would have liked to have seen them bring somebody with them. But do they come? Do, do you move to Japan to get a coaching job well, in, in I... Scotland? Bear in mind that none of that, oh, it's a massive club stuff yeah. comes in here because they're just an employee at the end they're not no, no, I'm not saying that
2: but I mean he's got he's got contacts out with Japan presumably I'm sure he's he's well known in the football world They worked with City Group he'll know yeah. uh, he'll know people in the game and I would have felt a bit better just one person I've just never heard of a manager turning right. up at a club and working in now I mean we know Celtic are hiring so he will undoubtedly have a say in all these people that Celtic are hiring but I just think you know, if, if, if things are not going well, right, so think, you know, there's there's all these workplace disagreements, they happen in everywhere, if things are not going if he's like, I wish the board would hurry up and get me, they get, all. Oh, I'm not too happy, I know that, you know, if he's get beefs going up the way or beefs within the way the club are, he surely needs somebody he can confide in, you know, and, and guys that have been there a long time, office politics and all that, it, He, I don't see Ange Postacoglu, for example, sitting at the end of the transfer window, at the end of the night, the window closes. It's him and John Kennedy in his office, and him going, oh, I'm still really not happy with what I've managed to achieve here. Or, 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 no happy that I've been backed or whatever, you know. And uh, yeah. sometimes you might need a guy like that. You're just guessing again, but aren't you? Oh yes, Melly, because I won't be in the room. <laughs> I'm only speculating. Yeah, but that's the whole. The speculation. Mellie, see, if you, see if you see if you're going to sit here, right, and say, "I," but you're only guessing. You'll kill the whole. That's podcast. the name of the podcast. <laughs> you fuckers, mate. So don't let them hear you say that because that's know what, what we I mean. Do. But if you're just saying, "Oh, it's John Kennedy?"
4: Why did he say this? Why did he say this? Where it's why can't we just take it as it is? Oh, you're talking about Chris Ayer. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah we, I know. I, I'm and why can't it. we take Andrew's word for it that he wants to work with John Kennedy? In previous yeah. interviews, he's come out and said. I go into teams and work with what they've got because I like people there. He always goes all over the place. So is he mm. going to take somebody from Australia to Japan, from Japan to over to Scotland? Mate,
2: I, I just said that. I just that just wish that was my opinion. I just that's like I would have liked. I would have felt a bit more comfortable feeling that his own guy there. Somebody that's got his back.
3: I could have saved us about six minutes there by just saying John Kennedy. It's fine It's
2: fine <laughs> And on that bombshell That is a good place To wrap up As Melly gives the listeners An unforgivable peek Behind the curtain there <laughs>
3: Melee would you like To say goodbye Goodbye Stephen would you like To say goodbye Goodbye We got through it folks It's been very very warm in here <laughs> And I'm On camera I'm very very shy. Uh, do you know what I look like I look like Mr Burns When everyone thought He was an alien in the woods You're just kind of glowing out there But we'll okay what, there What the
2: listeners don't know is You've actually just Pulled your jeans down To your ankles <laughs> And you're sitting there In your boxers Just sweating out, just sweating away There's a lovely image Okay, thank you so much to everyone to support us on Patreon. Obviously, patreon.com slash 20-Minute Tims. Go and check that out. As this goes on, we will have our pitch refined. But until that moment, thank you for listening.
0: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week.